Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I am your host, residential real estate broker with Paul Baker, Carla Mina. How are you, sir? Uh-uh. No? No. No. Nick's I'm, not here today. I'm not here yet. He is I will be fine, though, in a little bit. Once it we get going, happen. I'm always fine. I don't care because we have a legit lender in the room. So I, <laughs> I like how you do that. And we have a legit realtor in the room as well. <laughs> we do. And <laughs> Today we are legit. Super <laughs> legit, legit. <laughs> and misfit. <laughs> I don't care. How do you like my tan? What tan? My tan. You're always dark. I just came back from Maui. God, you just wanted to get that in there. I just did. Like you, you finally <laughs> from, went somewhere important. From a moment of utopia and flourish. There you I go. See, yeah. I'm bonding with Matt already. You guys, <laughs> don't even know our inside joke. You guys should have a little Zen room in the back there. And then <laughs> spiritually and nurturer Tammy. How are you, Tammy? That's how I introduce you today. Oh, thank you. I'm so well because I'm here. Happy to be here. Thanks, Love guys. you, Tammy Scarlett of Newcastle Home Loans. Let's not forget that. Thank <laughs> not just Tammy Scarlett. It's Newcastle Home Loans as well today. That's right. Thank All you. right, let's make sure of that. All right, and we have. A, are you going to introduce her guest? We are going to introduce Mr. Matt. Is I don't want to mispronounce it. Angle, right? Angle. That's right. Matt Angle of Fulton Grace Realty. I've just started the re- recently here about this place. Believe it or not, I don't know how long it's been around, but I do know a lot of good agents are starting to go over there. So good to have you, man. Definitely. How Thanks are you today? Us. I'm good. Happy to be here. So we've gotten quite a bit of information on Tammy from our last episode. A lot of information. She's incredibly smart, so be careful. Um, don't slip up. She'll catch you. Nick is but we need information. We need information about you. Who are you? How long you've been doing this? Why'd you do it? Give us the whole enchilada. Definitely. So my name's Matt Engel with Fulton Grace Realty. Um, I got into real estate three and a half years ago. Um, I, I got interested in investing in real estate myself. I didn't really see myself as going into brokerage, but... Um, once I started looking about investing, I was like, why don't I make my full-time job learning real estate in the city that I love? So I jumped into being a broker the first month, absolutely loved it. Um, I do invest as well on the side, but honestly, I, I like being a broker and seeing different places and meeting people every day more than actually investing. Did, did Like you said, you started off and a lot of people start off as either investors or some people start off as just realtors and then they become investors, which is another, which I think is the little one over here. That's what she does. Yep. Um, you just call me did you one? see, well, you're not six foot. Diminutive <laughs> you're five foot nothing on, a, Tammy, on he- in heels. Tammy, for women. But did you see yourself, <laughs> did you see yourself um, when you got into real estate being so involved with the human aspect? When you're an investor, it's a property, you're making money. Yep. When you're a realtor... You've got families, kids, where those kids sleep, how are you going to make this work? Is the living room big enough for a family of six? You know, all that stuff starts to come into place. How, how, how was that different? So I, that, that's part of what I like about it the most because everybody needs help from a realtor, whether they're renting or buying. And I feel like all our job is, is solving problems and teaching. So you're really teaching them the expectations at the beginning and then finding the best place for them based on what their initial expectations are because they might change over time but i i love the the people to people aspect before this i was in front of a desk all day 8 a.m to 5 p.m hardly ever moved from the desk big office thousand people and honestly being out on the road every day million times better tell us about previous life what was that desk job like uh so it was uh i worked in the logistics industry so it was basically eight to five, super high stress. You don't really leave the desk for lunch or anything like that, um, but it was rewarding. So I did it for a few years because of what I was getting paid, but then I realized there's no way I could do this for the rest of my life. And so you look like you're about 23. 
and a half at the most. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm how not, long but... how long have you been doing real estate for? <laughs> Three and a half years. So you started at twenty. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I, I did. Wish. You're so nice to Matt. Why can't you be nice to me? <laughs> Scarlet. Let's move, on. <laughs> Let's move on to you. I like her last name. <clears throat> right. Thanks. I was born with it. We, we have <laughs> we have three and a half years of good uh, three years plus is a good chunk of time because at that point you've gotten the jitters out. You've mm-hmm. seen enough scenarios. You've clearly dealt with some problems. I mean, usually in your yep. first year, there's a lot of problems. But by year number three, you've definitely gone through some highs and some lows. I mean, it's a good tenure, especially in a busy city like Chicago. Let's just jump right into a little bit of a scenario. What do you think, Carla? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. What <laughs> scenario would you like to jump into, Well, Carla? I thought we should mention that today's topic is about buying and the mortgage process. And I think it's imperative for people to understand, um, you know, the process that goes along with it. And we have a really good question that was sent to us um, that I want to read to you because um, the minute we read it as experts in the field, we were like, that wouldn't work. But um, I think that some of you may kind of will understand why we would say it doesn't really work but let me read it so a 28 to i'm 28 to 30 years old i'm looking to become a first-time homeowner home buyer uh we're in love with walk-up style homes and lofted condos and they want the place to be newly renovated have two bedrooms and one and a half bathrooms ideally the place contains a patio and a walk-in closet um, they're looking to spend between five hundred and six hundred thousand, and they have around ten thousand dollars to put down. So I'm going to start with financing first because I think it's imperative that you understand that the first step. Obviously, you want to get in touch with a realtor that's going to walk you through the process, but always get pre-approved. So you want to talk to a financial expert that is going to give you a loan approval. So, what would you? How would you answer this question, or just explain to them the process? How do we start from A through Z? Denied. <laughs> I wasn't asking you. I was asking Tammy, I'm just the kidding. expert in the She's room. She's going to elaborate on that one. Denied. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. After the denial. <laughs> now, um, I actually have a, a good friend who um, has a similar scenario to this right now um, and wanted to know about pricing that out. So it's cool that we're going over this. Um, so right out the gate, I think that we'll talk about the kinds of properties you could get around here for that. Matt, you can, can speak to that. But... Um, when you are looking at money down compared to how much you can afford on a property, um, the maximum amount you're going to be able to get financed of the home is 97% of the value, which means that 3% is left for the required minimum down payment. So if we're looking at a $500,000 house, 3% of that is 15000 meaning that in this scenario, the minimum down payment, minimum that they could get away with with bringing for a down payment would be 15000 and that's before closing costs and prepaid items. Um, so... The the scenario itself is a little wonky because unless you're going VA, which VA still does offer 100, percent um, then you wouldn't wouldn't be able to to buy 500,000 with that little dollar dollar amount down. You could do 300,000. But maybe. even at 500,000, here 3% to clarify down, why you would deny it. Well, even at 500,000 with 3% down, 15,000 would give you a loan amount of 485. I don't think that's you not do, good for me. That's right. not that's not going to even right. work. So you'd actually have to drop that down to probably in the 450,000. Actually, FHA loan limits aren't quite that high either. Right. So depending on the, the county you're in and all that fun stuff, it could be as high as low four of a loan amount. Um, but if we're going to talk hypotheticals, 
So yeah, can let's you just like say this is a four hundred thousand. Let's just say this is a four hundred thousand dollar purchase because way when you're doing jumbo loans over four hundred fifty thousand, there's the down payment requirements. Requirements are substantially more. Right, but can I can I ask you to go back a little bit because you guys are experts and you're going by like what's you know your instinct is saying. Let me answer this question, but do explain like the different loan programs and why you know because I think the buyer is. is like any buyer, right? They're like looking into property. They mentioned some areas, and I don't want to get to area specific, but they're saying 500, 600 because they're assuming that that's going to be the going price for a two bedroom in that specific neighborhood. Right. But people tend to say, I want to buy something for 500 versus like my monthly payment should be. So can you explain the loan limits with different loan products that require how much down so that we can at least, you know, explain to them why you wouldn't, it doesn't make sense in the paradigm of the loans, the specific loan product? Yeah. Um, well, what Nick was talking about is the uh, Fannie Mae conforming loan limits. And right now, those get released <clears throat> periodically. Right now, they're at 453100 um, There are exceptions to that in what they call high balance areas. So for instance, I'm from Tacoma, Washington, which is in Pierce County. And Pierce County is a high balance area where the conforming loan limit there is $617,000. So you could actually do, with, with this scenario, if it was in that county, you could do California. it with only... Well, or kind of, yeah, right. exactly. Those high balance areas uh, with only $15,000 down. But here in um, Chicago and Cook County specifically, um, we have we are stuck at that 453-100 limit for that particular kind of loan. So Fannie Mae conforming is basically your standard. Um, then you have um, FHA that, that Nick also mentioned. down. Yep. <clears throat> um, and uh, you have other options. You can go portfolio there are portfolio products that that still exist um but on a five hundred thousand dollar purchase price since we're going to stick to this scenario specifically yeah. five hundred thousand because we are in chicago and i think it's probably more a five hundred thousand dollar range for a single family house it's going to sound like a 10 percent down loan oh yeah pretty much so if we're going to do this five hundred thousand dollar scenario for the sake of this conversation this is not going to be a fifteen thousand dollar down payment it's going to be a fifty thousand dollar down payment to bring you a four hundred fifty thousand <clears throat> and you could do the loan with conventional, which is actually a better rate usually than jumbo loans. Right. If we're going to do this with the low down payment goal, and like it's, it's some families are just getting started, they're newlyweds, they're out of fresh out of college, the whole nine yards, they need to do three percent. We should do the scenario at four fifty or four thirty. Mm-hmm. So which one you want to do? Well, I, I you got to pick one because we can't do both. It'll be really. Confusing. Yeah. So, this which is a, one would a it good be? point because I actually have a client right now who's <clears> been home <throat> shopping for like three months and hasn't found anything that they want. But the scenarios that I'm doing are like pendulum swing because their range is 400 to 500, right. and it's it's a it's a nightmare because they're it's two completely different things. So, which one you want to do? Do the four. Do you want to do the FHA one or do yeah, you want to do, do the, the jumbo Yeah, let's do the FHA because I think down? that uh, people need to understand that they don't need a ton of money. And I think with yeah. FHA, it makes it more feasible. Yeah. So go ahead and explain that. Do you want to take that, Chemi? Well, we're... Okay. We're going to go. We're, we're going to pretend it's 400 like 50, Because 000. of the loan limits, right? So the right. FHA loan limits require that... Well, for the sake of round numbers, let's just say it's a $400,000 purchase. They're putting down 3%, which Look is at her. She's doing her math. Down. She's like breaking yeah. it down. $12,000 down. Which $15, is fifteen thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars down? Correct. On a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan amount. Love this calculator. You can ballpark it. It's fine. Um. So, what is the question about this? To about this program. How do you want to do scenario from a buyer's well, perspective? Well, yeah. So they have like, what would be the monthly payment? What are the things that you would take into consideration? So again, we can go back. We can you know talk to Matt about what they can 
afford, basically, in a scenario like this and what it means for a buyer if they're coming to you and say, I want to spend 500 and granted, they got a pr- approval, obviously, what would they need? If they really want to buy something in 500 you would have to do what? Put how much more money down? 50 grand, 10% down. Right, so you would need credit. minimum of 10. So you can go, so the, the recommendation here is to go either a percentage of what you need for a down payment. If you're going to do an FHA loan program, you're going to do need how much money down? What percentage? Okay. Uh, three and a half. So three and a half for an FHA loan. Right. And so what are the loan limits for FHA again? For the most part, you can go off of conforming. And there's going to be some exceptions to that because of other you know, rules and guidelines depending on where they're buying. Um, but for this one, we just talked about $450,000. They would need to put down $15,750 as their down payment. Um, their loan amount would be $434,250. And their monthly principal and interest payment would be $2136.25. So $2,136.25. Now that does not include um, their mortgage insurance because this is over 80% and because it's FHA. Um, does not include their monthly taxes, monthly property taxes. Um, if they are doing this on a condo, then there could be HOA fees um, and their homeowner's insurance. So all of those expenses are going to be added up and bundled together, it's probably going to turn this into, you know, in in Chicago, easily a $3,000 payment. And that's why at the beginning when I started the show, I said that, you know, the question was a little bit wacky. And if we you, you if we ask one, a professional that's been doing this, we'd be like, wait, it doesn't make sense, right? Because I think you're, again, going by like that big number of 500 versus understanding the loan programs and how much money each loan program requires. So we're going to break that down. And then let's go into the $10,000, you know, saving that they have. They only have $10,000. Obviously, you understand that there is down payment and there's also closing costs associated with a transaction. So what do you say to that? Like if I come in and I say, well, I want to buy a property, two bedroom, two and a half, you know, two bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, and I have $10,000 in my bank account. What would you, what would be your recommendation to me? Yeah, well, I would, usually what I do is if they say we want to buy a home in this, you know, this amount or this area, whatever, ballpark, um, then I say, okay, well, then this is what those numbers look like. This is what the cash to close is going to be. So your down payment, sometimes people think down payment and they think that's all the money that has to come to close, which is not true. You have to bring your down payment plus your closing costs plus your prepaid items for your escrowed taxes and insurance. Um, So we get that number together and then I ask them, so where is that money coming from? Where is this down payment money coming from or this total cash to close coming from? And at that point, they can say, oh, well, I have this much in savings. I have this much in this other account. I have this in an investment account and my dad's going to give me 5000 or whatever. So then then we work it out. If they're not ready at that juncture, then, you know, we make a plan for for how they're going to get there. We got to move this thing over to Matt, though. Because, I know, Matt's because Matt's been really, really quiet, we, unlike you. We have to throw He's him. patient. There, you know, we're talking about low down payment and FHA seems to be the most common Low down payment, even though conventional has one as well um, for 3%, not 3.5%. Uh, FHA just a little bit more forgiving to the credit scores, that to income ratios. They let you borrow a little bit more than conventional would. But we're getting this, we have them pre approved, and it's time to go shopping. We have to, obviously, most importantly, the most important thing anytime we pre approve somebody FHA is let the realtor know that it's FHA financing right. because <laughs> this is where loans blow up and then everyone gets mad at us. Yeah. Uh, so you've fault. been told, here you yeah. go, they're Sorry, re- Tammy wrapped them up and they're <laughs> ready to go and they're <laughs> solid FHA clients. They're FHA clients. Where do you go from here? Let's hear Matt's. So I think just starting from the beginning, 
the biggest thing in this scenario is you have to set expectations. So when they talk to Tammy and Tammy tells them what they can actually afford, then when they come to the realtor, then my job is to take what their now actual max budget is and see how that fits with their criteria. Now, the scenario of the the higher numbers with that criteria, that's easy to find in Chicago, a a two bed, two bath condo, five to 600K. But now they realize they can't afford that much. So now we're going into a different price range. So now we're hitting the area where you're looking between must-haves and nice-to-haves. So in w- when you're talking to a client or when I'm talking to a client, we, we need to figure out what those must-haves are versus the nice-to-haves because everybody starts with a list of must-have that includes the, the nicest place you've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as they start seeing the pictures of where they want to live in that price range, everything changes. So I think it's it's setting that expectation at the beginning and then uh, you, you, it's really an evolution of finding out what your must-haves are because uh, they may think all they care about is location. And then if they realize they can only get a smaller place in that location, but say they have two kids or something, they need a larger place, then now they might have to sacrifice on location and go somewhere farther out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the, the other thing that could happen is if they find out from the lender that maybe they can't afford exactly what they want, um, as far as finishes, locations, everything like that. Now, maybe you have the conversation of maybe you rent for another year, you save up that bigger down payment, and then, then you'd be able to get the place that you want. But until you have these conversations, you don't know. You have no benchmark to know how much do you need to put down to get the place that you want. So I think the first thing is really talking to a lender, talking to a realtor. Any good realtor will just, they'll shoot you some options if you want, just so you can start seeing the the pictures of what you can afford in the area. And then that way you can decide, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm seeing stuff that I like in this price range, or maybe I should wait a little bit and just save up more money. Yeah. That's why this question is so bad. Because it's you, not you bad. Put, it's like no, it's, somebody's it's, it's concerned good, but because it's bad because you you found that like spot to break everything apart the yep. wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like that, this is the five hundred thousand in Chicago. This is exactly but what is a, a buyer perfect, goes is the perfect through. spot yep. to destroy everything. I so totally because, agree. like he said, five hundred thousand will get you a pretty nice two bedroom in a nice part of town, a condo. Yep. But now we're talking if all you really need to go, if you only have three percent, you got to drop down to low fours. And guess what? Most of the condos aren't even FHA approved. Yep. So now those are there's so many properties off the market. And he's saying that the economics for a nice two bedroom at 420 are going to be tough. Um, so it, it, it's a really and that's why we're recommending spot. that the first step be to speak to a professional, right? Because I mean, yep. these are questions that you know someone's googling. I want to buy a property, and they start going on Redfin and Zillow, whatever, and they start looking at these price values, and they're like, "Oh, okay, so I need to buy a five hundred because that's what my ideal must-have property looks like, and seems to be the the price, the average price in that marketplace." So that's a question that someone's going to ask and says, "But I'm looking in my bank account, and I have ten thousand dollars. So a, do I get approved, and how do you go about the approval process?" Uh, but first, Matt, let me ask you, what would you recommend to someone that says to you, I have $10,000 to spend on a $500,000 home that I want to buy? Um, what would be your recommendation at that point? It's now 400000 It's now 400000 <laughs> Okay, I stand corrected. That's what I would say right out of the gate. <laughs> so, I mean, the first thing I would tell them, I would tell them, you know, the basic knowledge of 
what they need to put down for a certain price range, but I would tell them to talk to a lender first. And I mean, these are common questions you get from first time home buyers. I have a lot of friends that are, you know, renting in the buildings downtown. They may be paying 3,400 for a two bedroom or 4,000 for a two bedroom in a nice rental building. That translates to a pretty good monthly mortgage payment. But if you don't have the money to put down, you can't even buy that. Right. I mean, they can do the conventional version for 3%. Max loan amount is four hundred fifty thousand. So, but I would still five hundred is not the number that works if you only got three percent. Yeah, right, we get it, right? Because we, we we understand that that's just the number that they came about because again, right? That's what they thought it would be worth. But let's go back to the approval process, Tammy. Like, what go? What is the first step into getting approved? What are you looking for from me uh, in order to get me pre-approved for a loan? Well, that's super easy. Um, not Carla. Well, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we need to just get your, the info about you, like, who are you? Where do you live? Basically last two years of employment history, last two years of your residence history. Um, and then assets, liabilities, and credit. Um, so, I mean, essentially that, that's like it. We just, we look at, is there a consistency over the past two years with where you've been and like you paying for the home that you're living in, whether you're renting or buying currently? And is there consistency in your money coming in, your income over the past two years? Um, so that's the stability piece. And then the the assets tell us about like how much you have to fall back on or how much you might have to come to close for the transaction. Um, liabilities tell us about your current expenses per month and what kind of a financial strain this proposed payment uh, for the mortgage is going to put on you. Um, and then the credit score obviously speaks to credit worthiness. And so that's how they're going to gauge the parameters of the loan as far as like rate and things like that. Um, and if I may, I also want to add really quick because um, Carla, you had mentioned Redfin and Zillow, and I I, I have it happen over and over and over again. Clients will come to me and they'll be like, "Well, we picked you know this kind of house in this area because we saw on Zillow that the payment is this much, and that's what we want to pay per mm-hmm. month." <laughs> and those payments that populate on Redfin and Zillow and similar sites, fantasy rates. They are, they are only showing you the principal and interest portion of the mortgage payment. They're taking just the money financed and how much interest it is and what the payment is for that, and it's it's not based on you or your loan. It's based on just whatever they have, you know, decided to post on their site that day. So, um, yes, I agree. Talk to a professional. Call one of us in this room. And I love that you said, let's get to know you, right? What's your name? What are your, you know, and you said your must-haves. And, and it's important because everyone is going to have a different scenario. So it's important yeah. to me with a, a professional and just ask the questions that, you know, make more sense to you. Like we can give you general information, but again, it's about your comfort level. And of course, how fast can you save the rest of that down payment? Would you like to mortgage your closing costs? And we can, you know, we can structure a deal that way where we ask the, the seller to pay for your closing costs. Uh, but all I would say is like, stop going to brunch. Stop buying Starbucks, like stop spending money and then, you know, like buckle down for a little bit. I mean, Matt, I know that you work with um, a lot of tenants, right? So you you understand that going from being a tenant to a homeowner and the intricacies of that and then the emotional process of that not knowing, right? Because I think the fear comes from not knowing the process. So what is your first point of advice or trick or advice that you'd give somebody who's like on the fence about making that move? So part of it is just from the financial standpoint, I think the best way is just to be transparent and break everything down for them so they know what they're what they're getting into but once if they talk to a lender and now they have a goal they're like we 
we need 15k now now they can figure out ways to start you know cutting from there um and uh and and then they can get to the point where they're ready to purchase well it's time we're gonna have to do it Uh matt you're the new guest Ha-ha. We're gonna have to hit you with the nitro question. <laughs> Let's do it. Tammy doesn't get one today. Yeah. Tammy doesn't. I only, I'm only giving out one nitro question. This isn't an hour and a half long Why show. Why did I get a nitro question? <laughs> I got a lot of nitro questions for you. <laughs> Three years Look at him. is He's definitely like... long enough to see some good things and some bad things. So what? And it sounds like things have been going good generally. Definitely. But we want to know some bad. So we want to hear the horror story. What is something that uh, you've had to deal with? The, probably kept you up a little bit more than normal at night you know and it could be anything from you know a family being stuck because of whatever in a hotel room waiting to close to a deal going through last minute because we found something out on credit that never existed until we did a rapid rescore that's the worst Uh, anything 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 where you're like i just want to die right now basically because we've all had them yep we've all had them so think about it. I'll give you like five minutes. Come back. Let I'm, it marinate. Are you ready I'm to fire good. it off already? Yeah. Nice. Oh well, shoot. <laughs> nice. Nitro. The nitro answer. So so I have a. Pre- I mean, w- as realtors, we deal with all kinds of problems all the time. So there's always good stuff. Um, so I had a deal where I was representing the buyer and the HOA on the MLS on the contract. Everything was thirteen hundred dollars a month. So. The seller's attorney signed off on it. The seller signed off on it, everything. So two days before closing, we get the paid assessment letter. And that shows the exact amount that the seller's paying for HOA. Homeowners. Yeah. What is it? It's, a, it, it's the Homeowners Association. So it's a, when you're in a condo, you have a homeowners association that is helping manage the building and everything like that. So anyways, from 1300 to 1968. So over $600 difference a month, not for a year. So super tricky situation. We had to push back closing. Buyer initially was like, I'm done. There's no way I'm going to do this. Um, he was okay on the, the lending side. Um, and then we decided, talked to the attorney, and we decided let's ask for three years of the difference. So twenty one grand or something like that. Seller said, no, we'll give you one year. Um, which would be like seven seventy five hundred or something like that, and we came back at two years. They said yes, and we got it done. But for three days there, I was like, "There's no way. There's no way this is going to go through." Still qualified. Still qualified. Luckily, yeah, they were say, able to. Qual- I thought you tell us it didn't qualify. So hold no. on, you're going to scare people. Yeah. <laughs> talking about thirteen hundred dollar HOA fees, homeowners association fees for condos in general. Or if we're talking about a four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar purchase price yep. are not going to be $1,300 a no, month, they're right? they're going to be like four or 500 There we go. Yeah. But well, you're just a, so that's why you have to be... That's a deal breaker, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, I yeah. mean, obviously, it's like a lump of your monthly payment. It's principal, it's interest, a car. taxes, insurance, yep. and that's then assessments. And then, you know, sometimes there's special assessments that haven't been paid. So you... I can't believe that got past attorney review. Yeah. So, yeah, both... Everybody signed off on it. And then the lender said it was okay for this person to carry that monthly payment with the... Yeah, they could still... They, that was the first thing. We went to the lender first, and then we started discussing what the options were. Because that that's a lot to bite off if you think you're going to yeah. spend, be spending $600 less. A condo that was how much? Yeah, it was a million-dollar condo. So it's different. We're, 
different ball game, but still, that's still a high HOA regardless. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And we remember, we also have uh, co-ops that have higher assessments. And then you also have some areas in the city where they're older buildings. I know around the lake, we have really older buildings that have pools that, or have old, you know, like insurance because of the elevator. So if you're going to get all those amenities mm. or a front door person... I mean, you're looking, I, mean, I hate to get specific, but South Shore or even Edgewater, um, uh, Rogers Park has like some crazy assessments. Like yep. you're buying a $200,000 condo and the assessments are like six hundred. You're like, what? Um, also, sometimes assessments include taxes. So, I mean, plus or minus, but in this case, it sounded like it was 100% going towards the association. Yep. I mean, that's insane. Yep. I would have cried. Yeah. At least they crazy. had the wherewithal to still qualify. That wasn't the problem. We've yep. had it where like... You could easily not a debt qualify. pops up and it's over. Mm-hmm. Like yep. there's nothing we could do. Well, and that that's another level of protection for the buyer too. If they they have a, like a small like a, a limited or creative budget, right? Like we can go over a specific amount on a monthly basis that can kill the deal, or you're able to terminate that deal without defaulting on it or losing your earnest deposit because you're you have a contract with the mortgage contingency. Um, it's contingent on you getting this loan. So if you don't get a proof of the loan, there you have it. Like you missed it, but you can get out of it if you don't want to get stuck in a condo with such high assessments. I mean, that's crazy. Yep. Good story to share because it does teach us a lot. Um, One last question, though. I do want to (laughs) know, what are you doing in life? Like, why is he here? (laughs) I got to answer your last question. Because you begged me to be here. Hello. (laughs) And you're always late. You're always getting on my nerves. No, yes, I do. And look, well, I'm not even going to talk because I, you know what? I'm going to keep keep quiet. We're going to do a survey One afterwards. last question just so that our first-time buyers understand when they're shopping around because I know that we have fiduciary – I can't say that word – fiduciary duties to our clients, and we're supposed to provide with information. We're a resource. So if you're looking shopping for an inspector, we'll give you three names. So shopping for an attorney, we'll give you three names. Lenders, three names. Um, but I had a question come up with um, a specific case of my one of my buyers. Um, Tammy, this question is for you. What's the difference between a federal bank, a local credit union, and a broker? Because I understand that you know buyers want to shop around their rates or yeah. what have you. So it's a great question. Without getting into the whole rate scenario, just let me know like the difference between these institutions, please. Sure. Okay. Well, um, so a federally chartered bank is going to be a bank that is like when you see a nationwide bank, um, that's under a federal charter, and that means that the regulations that they're adhering to are federal. Um, versus the banks that are going to be like a state bank is going to be ver- they still have to adhere to you know federal law but they're not set- they're going to have to do licensing like within the state state by state. Um, a local credit union you mentioned. Uh, local credit unions are usually nonprofits, so they get access to um, good rates and are able to offer things within their local community on purpose to be able to support the economy in their local community. Um, so those are always great to reach out to. And um, mortgage brokers have access to um, a number of different channels. Basically, they're saying they're the center and they can reach out in all these different um, places to find the loan program that is the right fit to you. So think of it as more boutique or custom fit. So what's the difference to me is a re- and, and if I'm a client, why do I care? Well, when we're talking about the comparison, if you're doing loan comparison, maybe you want to look at I think the client wants to know, like, which one should I start with? Is one of them particularly cheaper or any of that? Or, or is it better if, let's say, if the rates are the same across the board, they're all like, let's say, 30 or fixed 4.5 mm-hmm. today, right? Right, right. Which one should I pick? Tammy, because she's nicer. <laughs> you got you got to pick what's right for you. Um, I th- I mean I, I I enjoy working with um, people, so I wouldn't I wouldn't 
want to run my loan person. This is just my personal choice. I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to run my personal loan like online with some mortgage company. I'm never going to see that person or with a big conglomerate bank necessarily. Some people do. Maybe your money is in a big conglomerate bank and so you feel comfortable doing that. Um, I like to work with places that I, where I know that there's stability and backing to the company, um, but where I also have a friendly face and have a, a personal you know, relationship now with this person who's handling this extremely important transaction in my life. And I agree 100% with that because I think it makes a lot of difference in the way we negotiate, especially in this marketplace, where if I'm calling you and you're providing me a pre-approval letter that instant within an hour, then it gives me leverage when I'm submitting the offer because it could be Sunday at you know 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. You're having dinner and I'm out in the trenches showing properties. All of a sudden, we got to submit this offer ASAP because there's like 10 other ones. And I called you and you're available. If you go to a specific bank that doesn't have office hours in the weekends, then I'm kind of screwed. I have to wait till Monday. And guess what? That property's already sold. And I'm stuck with, oh, I wasted a whole day showing 10 properties. And now my client fell in love with one of them, but I couldn't get the deal done because my lender partner wasn't available. So I think there's importance in that. Um, Before we wrap up, I have one more question because I know, Matt, you work with, again, going back to your rental, um, your friends that rent properties and your your company is well known for their property management. And I know you see a lot of that. Um, Just specifically, what advice would you give somebody, again, that is renting and, you know, is spending a lot of money on, per se, rental? So uh, funny you ask that because I, I just saw an article online that they did a study that between the ages of 22 and 29, the, the average renter pays $93,000. Um, and that was based on average rents for America, which was 960 something dollars. So where? where can I rent for $900? Exactly. Not in Chicago. Hey, so Nick, do you have a property I can rent for $900? I do. I'm kind of homeless. I do, but it's Matt's turn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money. And for Chicago, you double that or you could even triple that. So that's a lot of money that you're paying to someone else's mortgage. So, I mean, first thing you do, if if you can figure out if you're going to stay in an area for a while and you want to buy, first thing, figure out how much you need to put down and then, you know, hit that goal and then buy because then your monthly payment, part of that's going towards your mortgage and now you're building equity. And now instead of a whole of 90 some thousand, now you have $90,000 of equity potentially in a property great advice. Um, I hope you found this information useful and you can find us on YouTube and Facebook. And if you like the information, obviously, um, Matt, where can we find you? Um, somebody wants to hear more about your, you have a blog, right? Uh, that the, Fulton Grace has a blog. I've okay. written some articles on there, but other than that, Fulton Grace website, Zillow, uh, social media, anywhere you can just put my name in and I'll pop up. There you go. E-N-G-L-E. Yep. Matt Engel. You got a song for that? That's how you find them. E N G L E E N G L E E N G L E. And that is the end of our show. That's what I got to do. Anytime there's dancing, wrap it up. Matt and Tammy, I want to thank you guys for being here. Great show, good stuff, good information, along with all the other shows and all the other information we've ever put on Market Overdrive. You can find it on our podcast, which is a subscription through the WGN Radio family. Go up to the on your iPhone and just subscribe. You can get every show. Uh, YouTube, we're on there, Market Overdrive. Facebook, forward slash Market Overdrive. And, of course, there's Instagram. If you want to see Carla's face, which I don't know why you'd want to do that, but if you do, she's there. But every show is cataloged on Facebook and on YouTube. And, of course, our podcast. So we will be back in one, what, two weeks? One week, two weeks? I don't know. We'll be back. (laughs) 
We'll be back on a Thursday at 5.30. I will be back. I don't know about this, but Tammy, will you be back? I'll be back. We'll be back. Really quick, where can we get a hold of you, Tammy? Oh, yeah, you can find me at newcastle.loans. Yay, see, that's a wrap. I should take over, though. I'm wrapping it up. I'll see you guys later.